The Accounts, Book 1, Column 3. All surviving life owes a tremendous debt to Gov. That debt of piety cannot be repaid by any one person or in any one lifetime, and the interest mounts with each passing year. And so, the soul of each person who survived the emergency must spend their entire existence devoted to Gov. Your soul is embodied, lives in service to Gov, dies, and awaits their next embodiment to begin the cycle anew. Live piously and productively, children of Gov. The more you do, the more interest and principle you pay to our Savior, and the better your soul's next embodiment shall be. But of course, know that the opposite is also true. Living outside the covenant or defying the church shall increase your debt, and a truly vile life may even increase your soul's interest rate. Whenever possible, serve the church directly. If you are in a position in the church, the bureau, or the evangelical order, you shall multiply the positive balance you accrue during your life, and a truly pious life may even lower your soul's interest rate. Though not all souls may so serve the church in every cycle, all lives lived according to the covenant help pay down the interest and may even touch the principle, if that life is particularly principled. Someday the debt shall be repaid and Gov shall return to their full power. The world will be stronger and more fertile again. When Gov is completely restored, the souls shall be released and finally able to move on to the next plane. New souls may be created at last. Until that day, we must keep the population strictly in check with souls to spare. If all souls were embodied at once and a new person born, the barrier would break and the emergency would be released once more. All right, so you're heading through different alleyways. You're weaving your way through, uh, shouldering your way past different people. There seems to be less immediate danger, but that's just an illusion because you're further from the epicenter. You do, however, reach a dead end at this point because the building on one side of the alleyway has collapsed. So you're in sort of a, I don't know, a canyon, as it were, between two buildings in an alleyway. Would it be possible to climb or, like, walk on the rubble? Anything's possible. You could try. It would be difficult because it is an entire building that collapsed, like a four- or five-story uh, residence. Okay, so it's not just, like, a one-story or two-story, okay? No, you're in the, you're in the I guess, low-mid-income residential ring right now. So you oh, are... You the entrance to one of the... Adjacent buildings to the rubble, I guess? Uh, there is a doorway on the left. I'd like to peek my head in and just kind of appraise to see how feasible it might be to maybe just, like, walk through the rubble. Okay. Um, Amron, I just want to check. You've got that thing with you, right? What what thing? The thing that you found that Hector let you keep. Ooh, the, the super sparkly thing? Yeah. Yeah. Against uh, my better player knowledge judgment, he would definitely keep that. That's just, I was just going to offer you a little compel there to have it with you because, you know, that might come in handy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got it. It's on me. 
Of course it is, because it might come in handy later. Of course. All right, so keep that in mind. Um, I'll just take that fate point. <laughs> so you're all you're sort of stopped here at this dead end. Uh, Maeve's poking around. We're going to call that the end of a scene. So if you have any stress, you can clear that. Uh, if you have a minor consequence, you can maybe get someone to help you make a roll to deal with it. And otherwise, if you received a compel and accepted a compel during this scene, uh, add a fate point to your total. Could I help Emran pop his hand back into place? I've uh, never seen my fingers bend this way. Yeah, you can give it a shot. It'll be a, an overcome roll, and you're an apothecary, so we'll just call that an average roll that you need to do with your clever. All right, well you succeed with style, so we'll clear that now uh, as opposed to later. You can remove that consequence. Uh, Maeve binds up your hand expertly. Um, and then you go to check the doorway, but it is locked with a heavy door. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, while you're checking it, you, you hear something that you really didn't want to. There's a whistle from the sky. This was my fault. I'll just shout incoming and try to scatter. I will not try to punch it yet. You shout incoming, and the auditor lands directly behind you and your cart, blocking the only open direction. Its eye roves back and forth across the five of you and the goat, and then comes to rest on Emran. Keva is going to take a compel here. If you hurt my friend, I'll hurt you. And kind of step in front, shield up. Okay, you're stepping in front of Emran. The uh, auditor raises its hand, and its hand glows, and you hear, and you see light, and that auditor is going to attack you. I'll like to compel myself with my authority must be obeyed or it must be overthrown, mm -hmm. and throw a throwing knife at him. All right, let's resolve this thing first, though. All right, so it raises a hand and fires at you. Cool. Okay, Keva, it has rolled a 10. Uh, how are you going to defend against this? <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> okay. Um, gosh, I guess this is forceful because, I mean, that's not my best, but that's what she's doing. That's what makes sense if you want to stand in front of Emran. You shouldn't have done this. This was a mistake. All right, so you've rolled a, you've rolled a three. That's, that's, that's a, a three. Good. All right, uh, what do you want to do? Well, Keva has her shield up. She's standing in front of Emran, and she's just saying, Stop! And um, she's kind of looking back at everyone. It's kind of one of those, like, Okay, I'm, you know... Uh, she's thinking about um, when they were kids and playing together and, oh, God. you know? Yeah. She she's pretty uh pretty sure that she's gonna be dead and maybe Emran would survive. Are you going to invoke some of your aspects here? Because don't forget you can invoke as many aspects as you have fate points on a single roll. Okay, well I still have two fate points, so since she was compelled, I guess I'm gonna say if you hurt my friend, I'll hurt you. And the team parent things because I might as well throw uh what I have 
make sure that she does not bite the dust. Okay. So with all of that combined, you've got a seven, assuming you're adding plus two to your rolls. Yeah. Okay. So you have put up a valiant defense. You step in front of Emrin, the auditor fires, and you raise your shield hat. The blast slams into the shield, ripping away any fabric or wooden parts of it and heating the metal such that it burns your arm terribly. And you take two shifts of damage. Okay, so that's two strain or... Yeah, or whatever, however you want to handle it. Okay, and Maeve, you wanted to throw a knife at this thing. So, wait, sorry. Uh, So is it possible to take one stress and one consequence? Yeah, you can do that if you want. Okay, well, because... no, don't forget your consequence boxes have different values from your stress boxes. Okay, so haven't done this before. So you've got three consequence boxes. Um, the mild consequence box absorbs two shifts. The moderate consequence box absorbs four. And the severe absorbs six. Uh, mild consequence you can heal from fairly swiftly. A moderate takes about a session or two. And a severe can take a whole campaign. Okay. I'm I'm just going to take a second stress then, just make it easier. Okay. So you can just fill in your two strain your two stress box because that's you took two shifts, right? Then you have your one stress box and your three stress box remaining. Yes. All right. Maeve. Yes, I went to throw the knife. Could I aim it at like the cyclops eye? You can try. Uh, would I be you, able to Are you creating an advantage by aiming because that would be your turn this exchange if you want to do that first yeah i think i'll try to just hit the eye since i have no experience with the auditors i was also going to say um would i be able to uh invoke my uh draconian discipline aspect to like steady myself to make the one shot count well let's see if you need to make your attack and i will have my auditor here defend i'll defend quickly because he's trying to avoid being hit by the knife uh with which I guess a skill. Would I be rolling this? This sounds like it's quick to me, or flashy, if you're being cool about it. No, I was going to say uh, definitely quick, uh, but that the reason I asked about draconian discipline was would I be able to do it carefully, like stealing myself to make sure this one shot hits? Uh, if you want to do it carefully, we might need to wait until later in this exchange to represent you taking the time there so, so the other players would go before you. Could I... Um, like maybe engage in an act of subterfuge to leave an opening for him? Of course. Teamwork uh, is highly encouraged in fate. Can you tell me what I would know about the auditors? Uh, they're the church's most powerful agents. Um, the only advice anyone ever gets is don't run into an auditor. And if you do run away, they fall out of the sky, destroy everything around them with inhuman strength and fire from their hands. And then they leave. But they adhere to the rule of clergymen, yeah? They do what the church directs them to do. Okay. Well, I'm saving this, but one of my special hat projects has been a clergy hat. Right. And I'm going to, because uh, I've been hiding in the um, cart, uh, I will put my clergy hat on and order the auditor to step down uh, in my best clergy impression. That sounds sneaky. I was thinking it was very clever, but <laughs> what do you think? Well, if you're lying, it's sneaky. Okay, I'll be sneaky about it, even though it's a clever plan. <laughs> now, the auditor's going to defend with clever, though. So that's a good sneaky roll. Oh, 
Okay, well, the auditor rolled one better than you. You can do something about that, though, maybe. Yeah, I can use a fate point, right? Yeah. To invoke an aspect? You can. Uh, are you going to do that? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of uh, which one here. Well, you're using your hat, right? So that seems like the one yeah. you want to use. Absolutely. There's a hat for every occasion. There you go. Oh, my God. So you use your hat for any occasion. That brings your roll up to a six. The auditor pauses. We're going to add the aspect to it. Hesitant. There we go. Cool, thanks. Okay. Uh, Emran, you've been defended. What? Pardon? So Emran, you've just been defended by Keva, who appears to have been hurt by the experience. What do you want to do about it? Um, I, I believe that it can only be described with this following phrase. He, he is going to pop off. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's just going to... Um, he's forged the blade, so he's going to foolishly rush the auditor. Okay. You rush the auditor. Is that an attack you're making? Oh, yeah. It's a forceful one. Go for it. Okay. Not perfect. Okay. I'm going to have it defend with its forceful as it raises a hand to catch your blade. Okay. Now, um, can I burn to reroll? You can. And then also burn to add two on top of it? You can use as many fate points as you have to invoke different aspects. Perfect. So I'm going to use, I have forged the blade, I must wield it to reroll, mm -hmm. which was marginally better. Okay. And then I'm going to invoke Strong Blacksmith's Apprentice, or I should mm -hmm. probably change it to Journeyman, but whatever, uh, to make that a five. Yeah. And then I'm going, this might come in handy later. I guess I'll just hold on to that last vape. Okay. So that brings you up to a five. Um, so you swing your blade into the auditor. The auditor grabs it with uh, its hand. Its hand begins to glow, and your blade droops. Oh, oh, I see. Or you have the uh, boost on you of weakened blade. Wah, wah. All right. You've been sizing up the opponent while this is all happening, Maeve, but now's your time to shine. I, 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 yeah, I'll just throw the knife at his eye. Okay. So make your careful attack. That's a pretty good yeah. attack. All right. Nice. And we'll do its quick defense. Oh, oh golly. It's, uh, it has doubled your attack roll for its defense. This was a mistake. Well, then. All right. Uh, anything else y'all want to do with that? or? Are they on steroids? They're an auditor. No, they're on Gov. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> on Gov. All right. Uh, so, Maeve, uh, your knife flies towards it. The auditor moves its head very slightly, and the knife goes past it, uh, strikes sparks off the wall, and falls to the ground. As it does that, it turns its eye on you, and its eye burns into yours, and you are afraid. It's a boost that's been placed on you. I ain't afraid of the ghost. Okay. So the auditor is still a little hesitant about attacking Zonin, at least, but has been attacked by others since that order was made. So it continues its task, and its task is to, apparently, get Emran. So it wades forward and jabs a hand towards Emran, trying to move past Keva as it does. It's going to make a forceful attack against you. It's rolled an 11 there. I see. All right. How are you going to defend against that, Emran? Um, I'm not going to punch it. Okay. Um, he's not really trying to do anything, 
It's not really what he does. He's just going to tank it and hope for the best. Okay. So do your forceful roll there. All right. Uh, yeah, I get taken out. Well, you might. Uh, so that's... Hmm. That's nine. That's nine <laughs> shifts of damage. So, yeah, let's see. You could take some consequences. I could I could go for three stress and then a severe consequence. Well, it doesn't have to be just that, right? Because if you take a minor and a moderate and then three stress, or a moderate and then three stress and two stress, you've still got your one stress box and your other consequences. There are ways to avoid being taken out here, idea. And I would avoid taking a major consequence if, if I could, because they take a long time to recover from. They sure do. It's glowing hand, essentially, slams directly into your chest. You're flung backwards into the wall behind you, which cracks. It, it, it just felt great, entirely sure another. I, I want it down for the record that Keva screamed at that point. Naturally. I think, yeah, I'm going to take my three stress and take a moderate and a mild. Okay. I think the moderate is going to be uh, broken ribs. Okay. Probably. And the um, the mild will be severe ouchie. <laughs> okay. Now, who's the next quickest person here? Quick, quick, quick. Deg was quick. He's Deg is oh, no, dealing Deg. with some. Deg's dealing with something else right now. He's, uh, you know, harassing the auditor, but is unable to contribute um, too much. So I think everyone else has the same quick. Everyone else is one quick. So who wants to go next? I will. Uh, I'll tend to this wall the time being okay well i mean keva hasn't done anything since she got the, the stress mm -hmm. um so she just screamed and there's the old adage you always run from it but she's not gonna ditch her friends that's true so she's gonna run over and help emrin up and, okay uh kind of Bring the cart over, because I think her thinking is, okay, we just have to run. All right, so you're bringing the cart over to Emrin. Sounds good. Anyone else got something you want to do? Can you describe what Zonin sees more uh, in terms of the uh, topography, like what's going on around us? You are in a narrow alleyway. Uh, behind you, there is a collapsed building. In front of you, there is an auditor. On uh, one side of you, there's a wall with Emrin kind of mushed into it. On the other side, there's a wall with a locked door. And what about right above us? Above you, there's sky about five stories up. Okay, but nothing's hanging off the sides of these buildings? Um, unless you want to create an advantage that says there is something. Um, That's what yeah, create I'd... an advantage is for. Yes, let's do that. Okay. What is it you want to happen? I'd just love for there to be like a weak-looking balcony or, you know, a piano hanging out over top somewhere. Um, you know, something that could be used to uh, incapacitate the auditor even briefly. Okay. Uh, so, if, sorry, if you want to add something to the scene, you spend a fate point and it's there, basically. Okay. Then I do that. There's a balcony over overhead on one of the buildings. Um that, you know, has um, furniture and whatnot on it, but it's looking rickety due to all of the destruction and the building collapsing beside us, or behind us, sorry. So okay. it could very well be, um, you know, struck to fall down onto the auditor. Okay, so there's a 
rickety balcony above you who wants to mave you're the only one who hasn't done something yet have you pointed out the rickety balcony or is it just there uh i i pointed it out okay right uh looking at the rickety balcony i don't think my throwing knife could dislodge it but maybe it something could. or you could throw something else at it you know throw me i'm just gonna say that I don't think Maeve is strong enough to throw a person. No, she she's definitely not. Certainly not, Emron. It pains me to say this, but there is a goat. No, we're not throwing the goat, ever. I don't think Maeve could even throw the goat. Uh, so Keva's got a spear. Maeve, you've got your knives. Um, Emron's sword, I presume, is either on the ground or still gripped in his hand, looking weak. Dake has got those stilts. Maybe he could lend you one of those. I don't think I could throw any of them. I think, oh geez, uh, ooh, oh, I'm torn. Uh, is there any, I guess, reasonable piece of, um, uh, I guess, rubble that I could throw? Yeah, of course. There's debris everywhere. There's probably just rocks lying around. Emron was just smashed into a wall. Probably rocks from that. Can I, I'd like to carefully appraise the rickety balcony and see if I can locate, like, what the weakest point of the structure is. Okay. You're going to create an advantage on the balcony? Weakened or something? Like, it's already a weak... Yes. It's already a rickety balcony. Yeah, I guess just I find the weakest point, because I definitely can't throw anything big. So whatever I can haul up there, I want to make sure it counts. Let's just say you make a clever attack on it. You're attacking the weak point, okay? Uh, and it's just a rickety balcony, so I think that roll will do it. But you'll need to spend a fate point to invoke that balcony falling. I'll do that. Okay. Uh, the balcony, your, your knife cuts through a, uh, a little cable that was holding it together, and the balcony falls. It's got some boxes and stuff on it. It lands on the auditor, and the auditor is briefly inconvenienced. Okay. Nice. Good stuff. And uh, I will allow you all to go first in this third exchange, because the auditor is inconvenienced by this balcony. Um... Could I try to pick the lock on the locked door? You could try, yeah. Could I just bash through it instead? Maybe. I mean, you're in rough shape, but you can try. Give it the old college try. Yeah. If you want to, though, you're going to have to get past the auditor and around the collapsed balcony, because they're between you and the the door. Ah. Everyone else is on the other side of the auditor right now. Then in that case... I'm going to take out the the super special MacGuffin. That's not a MacGuffin at all, but I'm going to take out the thing that I took from the crater. Yeah. And I'm going to just throw it at the auditor, okay. hoping that it will explode. So you throw the, the bit of material at the auditor. All right. Uh, you throw that at the auditor. The auditor catches it and looks down at it and looks back up at you. Who wants to go next? I'll just run over and try to pick the lock with my last knife. Okay. Picking the lock is going to be a challenge, and I don't think you can do this carefully because time. But in order to pick that lock, does Maeve pick a lot of locks? She, she's been thinking about it, but she does, has no uh, field experience yet. Okay, you need to make a great roll then. Would this be sneaky? Yeah, it's sneaky or clever. All right, you got it. Uh, so you're picking away at the lock, and you hear a click, and the... Lock, you presume, is unlocked now. Who's next? 
think Keva is going to help Emran into the cart. Get that mad dash. You're trying and... to you're trying to push you're trying to pull Emran into the cart or push him into the cart? Lift him in there? Well, like pull him closer to us so that he's not like he's in a group with us since you said he's on the other side of the auditor. Yeah. Like at least pull him towards us, get him off the uh, off the ground if he's on the ground, get him get us all mobilized. All right, so you're you're trying to help Emrin up. That's a forceful overcome you got to do there. And to help Emrin up who's just been battered into a wall. Uh that's going to be a good role you need to do to help him up because he's bigger than you. He's heavily wounded. Can I assist? Oh. Yeah, you can assist. Yeah, I'll assist. Okay. Yay. Okay. Friends. Teamwork. So I just do a regular roll? Yeah. It's gotta okay. be gotta be good. Oh okay. you did it. Yes. Alright, so the two of you are able to lift Emrin into the cart. Emrin, your Muscle broken system. ribs don't feel good in that situation. No, they... The auditor shoves the uh balcony off of its body. It was really just tangled. Um and then turns back around to see all of you piling into the cart. See Maeve unlocking the door. And it raises both hands, pointing one at each of you, or one at each group of you. But Maeve, the door opens. You didn't open it, you unlocked it, but the door opens inwards. And there's someone standing there behind the door. It's Isabel. I just kind of gape at her. Uh, Isabel is holding in her hand... Uh, basically a beam of light oh it's purple and blue and yellow pulsing and she's holding this in her hand as if it were a fork or something casually and she looks out at the auditor and she looks out at the five of you and she kind of rolls her eyes it's like really do i have to do everything around here she raises this coruscating wand and it pulses, light running along it in all the colors of the rainbow, and then many more that you've never seen before. Not that you've ever seen a rainbow either. And as she raises it, it hums, a loud but beautiful noise that sounds like an orchestra warming up. She points it at the auditor. It hums, and the hum grows into a roar as light dances between the wand and the auditor's chest, and the auditor attempts to escape. Now she's she's rolled about a ten here. Yes. Whoa. Mama. That is very flashy. The auditor will attempt to defend at this point. Oh, doesn't look like the auditor quite did it. Now the auditor has rolled a three versus Isabel's. Alright. The auditor explodes. Yay. It is takes this multicolored blast directly in its chest, and its chest cracks open with a horrendous snapping noise. And then you smell the unmistakable scent of cooking flesh. And then the auditor's body explodes outwards. You're all sort of pelted with debris. You take a few scratches and bumps from it, but it's nothing too bad. Uh, Isabel looks at the five and is like, well, come on. As I look back, is there anything salvageable from the uh, auditor? Oh, yeah. 
There's a bunch of stuff there. I grab his helmet, if possible. Okay. You, you grab a you grab a helmet. There's a head in it. Pick up the rock. Yeah, okay, Emran, you grab the rock. You picked up the helmet. It's damaged. There's a head in it, but it's there. <laughs> I'd like to salvage anything shiny or magical looking. I mean, it's it's Auditor's armor. It, the whole thing looks magical as heck, but it has been blown into a bunch of little pieces. There's a glove there that looks mostly intact. That's about it, though. I'll take it. All right, you do that. Do you follow Isabel after this? Yes. Okay. I stumble. She's very impatiently gesturing you into the into the building. Uh, she hauls up a trap door to reveal uh, a ramp going down into what looks to be a tunnel underneath the town. It's like, come on, keep moving. We have to get back to the library. I think they're already at the doors. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you get down into the tunnels and... Isabel's leading the way. She's holding up her glowing wand thing, and it's illuminating the tunnels in that sort of weird technicolor light. It's going to take you maybe 10, 15 minutes to get where you're going, she says. So you have a bit of time to talk. Need to. Isabel? Yeah. Actor. Is he? Is he what? He was at the shrine, right? It exploded. Bastards. Isabel, where's my mom? If I knew, I'd tell you. Emron just climbs up. He leans on Keva. Keva will uh, shoulder his burden. And if any of you ever call her Lydia, I will be upset. So, anyone else have anything to say while, this, while you're walking through the tunnels? Or is this a quiet, mournful sort of march? I'll just quietly dip my last throwing knife into my vial of poison and just have it ready. All right. Keva um, is going to talk. Isabel, do you know something about why the auditors came? We saw six of them. Six? I thought they'd send four at most. Five. I'll correct them. <laughs> well, five now, yes. There were six. Yeah, like I said, it's a few more than I thought they'd send. They must have pulled them in from some of the other sectors. But why would they come here? Why do you think, Keva? Part of the people keeping back some of the tithe? No, Keva, us. All of this yeah. just for us. They didn't forget that the splinter disappeared, dears. The church won't just going to forget something like that. We've managed to hide you for this long, but it looks like they finally found you. I'm not exactly sure how. We must have... Maybe someone told them? I don't know. Isabel? What's up, Emron? I, I hand her the shiny material. She looks at it and sort of wrinkles her nose. Yes, I know. That's how I found you. I think that's how they found us, too. Well, it's how the auditor found you, but it doesn't explain how they knew to look for you specifically in this town. That thing is something you can track through a short distance, but not over the longer distances. And it's everywhere, really. It's not that special. Oh. Do you know what it is? I do. Okay, what is it? Uh, well, I guess if you want to think of it as anything, it's probably part of Gov's ribs. I chortle a bit at the irony. You know, they hold up the hollow earth and blah, blah, blah. We're almost there. I want to add that Keva's frustrated that she has to keep on pressing Isabel further for this information. Yeah, that's understandable. Isabel's kind of annoying to deal with. She's always very enigmatic. Doesn't like to volunteer information, as Maeve would know well. 
All right. Now, if we can get you to the library, you should be able to take the transport that you took from the crater. I've been doing some research, and I think it can take you other places, too. And with that, she opens another door, and there's another ramp leading up. It comes up, and she taps a pattern on another trap door above her, and somebody opens it. And as they open it, you hear the sounds of battle raging. Not immediately, but as if through some thick walls. And you're up in Isabel's lab, and uh, you see Esme, who just opened the door for you. She's holding the club you returned to her four years ago, Emran. I, yeah, just sort of, face doesn't change. He starts to cry. I'll just look at her with, like, the straightest face and be like, we have to stop meeting like this. She rolls her eyes. Not my choice. Isabel, they're almost through the doors. Can we hurry this up? And Isabel gets up to the top, and then she sort of pauses and turns and puts a hand on Esme's arm and says, Do you think... And Esme closes her eyes and looks away, ashamed. And she says, Carla. Yeah, might have been her. All right, let's get the library open. Uh, so Isabel and uh, Esme head over to the wall where you remember the big round hidden door is, and they start the process of opening it. What do you do? Is this also where the apothecary's tools are? Yeah, or you're, is this the secret lab? you're in the apothecary. They're opening the door from the apothecary to the secret library. I'm just going to rummage through for any herbs that I can fit in my pockets. All right. Keva's going to grab um, bandages. I, I, I assume she knows where some of the stuff is from spending a lot of time here with Maeve. Yeah, of course. You'd know, you, you know your way around here. You can get some bandages, some linens, poultices, whatever you feel you need. Especially since we're going to have to doctor M. So you can hear behind you the walls and the door in the front are vibrating. The whole building is shaking around you as if a giant's fist was pummeling it from the outside. Uh, dust and loose rocks and straw and stuff from the ceiling are settling down all around you. You're coughing and so on. Can somebody please explain to me what the hell is going on here? I'd be happy to. You remember when the splinter fell? Yeah. We touched it. You what? We touched it. How did you get to it before the church? Chance. What happened? Isabel. Isabel is on the other side of the room getting the library door open. It's taking a while. Just like it did last time. It, it's a big door. Sure. It just kind of disappeared. The shard disappeared. It disintegrated into ash. And then went inside of us? Wait, what are you saying? A piece of gov lives inside us all. He laughs derisively. Yeah, I've heard that before. It's a common pickup line you might hear at a bar. Emran is a common guy you might see at a bar. So, and, and not, like you've just been living with this for the last four years? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, but don't worry, we don't have the wasting disease. I mean, that's good, considering how much of your blood is in me now. Yeah. Isabel, um, is he gonna come with us, or...? What, who? who? And she looks around as if noticing Zonin for the first time. What's he doing here? Hi, I'm Zonin. I'm yes, didn't I, didn't I fix you already? Oh, uh, I mean... Oh, with the blood. Yeah, well... Yeah. Hmm. Uh, if he can go with you, he will. Otherwise, I guess he'll stay here and bleed to death. 
I'd, I'd much prefer the alternative to that, please. Well, I mean, it depends on if the, the door will take you or not. It only, takes, uh, their blood. it only takes them because of the, you know, what they are just telling you about. But does the door take you? Oh, no. Well, I mean, if it's if it's my only choice, I'm got to give it a shot. Sure. Yeah, all right. And she goes back to getting the door open. Anything else y'all want to talk about? Well, you have my blood so in, so it might work. That's uh, the most confident anyone's ever sounded. Thank you. You hear the um, pummeling on the walls and the doors intensify, and then um, it stops all at once. There's silence for a while. The barbarians at the gates are quiet. Emran just says, The church killed my parents twice. I, I don't know how many people can say that. More than you might think, Isabel chimes in from the back of the room. Uh, I guess so. The door disappears. Not the one Isabel's opening. The other one. The one to the street. It was there. There is a flash of light. Now it no longer exists. And standing in the door are three auditors surrounding a fourth figure. Who is the fourth figure? Well, you might recognize him. If I had his token here. Hold on a moment. Oh boy, I sure don't. Go me. Anyway, you see a man who looks to be about 30-ish. He has dark skin, uh, like Isabel's. His hair is much shorter, though. It's, it's also done up in uh, hundreds of tiny braids. He's got large orange eyes, which is unusual, but not that unusual. You see it in some people. Uh, he's also wearing a whole bunch of regalia. Like, his clothes are extremely fancy. Just a sec, I've got him here. Denton Yang. That's the one. Am I right? The governor of Sector 3, Denton Yang. You can see a little picture of him here. So he's clad in orange and blue armor. His face is painted with orange stripes that look like the sun rising. He's got a diadem on, dark blue metal with orange gems in it. A whole bunch of blue and orange piercings across his eyebrows, uh, down his nose, and under his lip. On his back he carries a large shield and uh, a bastard sword. So this is probably the most powerful person any of you have ever seen. In terms of political clout, he's the youngest governor that the domain of the church has ever had. And he's standing in the door, facing you. How long until that door's open? Probably not too much longer. I'm just going to lock eyes with Governor. Governor. He glances over you, but quickly his attention is arrested by Isabel in the back of the room. And he looks at her. He's in the middle of walking through the doorway into the room, and he sort of pauses, looks at the five of you again, glances at Esme. Then looks back at Isabel. He says, Lean? Isabel turns sharply at him and says, Den? Whoa. Shh. And she pauses as if preventing herself from swearing, which is unusual for her. And she quickly runs over and says, Den, uh, long time no see. Because You've been here this whole time? Denton sort of comes in through the door. His stance is furious. 
this whole time you've been here in my sector? And apparently they know each other. Yeah, Stenson and Lean are, uh, you can read about their interactions a little bit on the, on the blog. So these two have recognized each other. Lean is, she's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I would have looked you up earlier, but... And uh, she's got one hand behind her back, and she's using it to point towards the door as she makes big gestures with her other hand to try and keep Denton and the auditors distracted. Cameron starts to shuffle away from the situation. Yeah, we're just gonna kind of try to slink away. All right, so the door is most of the way open. Esme is trying to, like help push you through it before it's fully open so it's it's not a comfortable situation but you can see Denton is he's yelling he's furious Isabel is trying to deflect with jokes they're you know making laughing and stuff like that she's doing a good job of acting and keeping him distracted but uh, he is continuing to move into the room looming over Isabel he's a little bit taller than her but he acts like he's 10 feet tall Quick question. Yep. Have we been able to get Jolly to follow us before in the thing? You haven't tried. <laughs> so, the five of you get into the library. It's dark. Dark as you remember. You can still hear Isabel and Denton arguing. Before uh, we pass Esme, there's something that I wanted to do. Yeah? I'm going to press the, uh, the poison throwing knife into her chest, and I'm just going to say... If you see Carla again, tell her Maeve wants to settle the butcher's bill. Esme looks down. She doesn't answer, but she puts her hand over the knife and slips it into her belt. Denton pushes his way into the room, finally pushes Isabel out of the way, and he sees you going through the door. He says, no, wait, we, they're the ones, they're the ones. And the auditors rush into the room. Keva's gonna mom arm everyone behind her. You're able to do that. You're not too far from the entrance point, you know, because you were here four years ago, and this is about where you came up. But there is also, there are other entrances and exits and secret ways coming into this library from other parts of the city. And you hear one of those open. Just a trap door opens. And I'm sorry that I'm doing so much talking this session, but we've got places to be. Someone comes up behind you and comes past you in the dark, is a large figure. As he passes you, Emran, he puts something into your hands, and you would recognize the shape of your father anywhere. What he hands you is a shield. It's made from no material you've ever seen, but it looks a little bit like the shard you've been carrying. And Hector says, That was a close one. Are you all ready to go? Just about. All right. You can't see... You, you can't really Sorry. see him, but you can hear him. Yeah. Go ahead. Good to hear you. You're here, Hector. Ah, most of me. He says. And you can hear the sound of blood dripping to the ground as he briefly pauses. He gives Emrin a sort of a one-armed side hug. <sighs> it's never easy, is it? We both have to say goodbye a lot. And he sort of pats your your head and he says... I have to reach up to do this now, but be safe. And the auditors are coming towards you, but Hector is moving towards them. And there's a scraping sound as he draws his sword. And once the light from the next room has backlit him, you can see that he's only got one arm now. 
The other one, he's quickly tied it up. It's missing above the elbow. But there's still blood dripping down from it. He's limping, but he's moving towards them with a purpose. And he raises his sword, and you begin to sink into the ground. Keva, you're pulled down first. I have to say, when we're sinking into the ground, Keva has the look on her face that Han has in episode 5 when he's about to be frozen in carbonite. Understandable. You're being slowly, well not too slowly, you're being pulled into the ground at the pace you remember. Zonin is attached to you through the blood tube. Zonin, you start sinking into what was until now solid earth. Yes! I I look down and I, I guess I see the rest of them not really freaking out about it and I, I just kind of let it happen. But as we're going down, I look to where Hector was and say, wait, didn't that guy die? Probably more than once. Uh, Deg is also pulled down. He's looking a little bit panicked, but he's pulled down into the ground. Maeve, you're pulled down next. As you're being pulled down, you hear Isabel start screaming. And you hear Denton's voice say, This could have been avoided, Isabel. And there's clear air quotes around her name. All you had to do was bring them to me. All you had to do was do what a friend should. All you had to do was still be my friend. And it's getting brighter and brighter as the door starts to close between you. But there's something beyond that door. It's brighter than the sunlight should be. And you start to see steam rising as Denton grows angrier and angrier and stalks forward towards the library. All you had to do was be loyal. And the light becomes unbearable, Maeve, as you are pulled under. And Emran, are you looking at Hector? Oh, yeah. That's the last thing you see. Ever. The light is so blinding, you sink into the ground and can't see anything more, but the camera pulls back and we're treated to a view of the sun coming down on your town. A pillar of fire lances down from the sky, surrounding Den. As far as anyone can see, everything fades to white as the fires scorch and burn and howl through the streets of Town 37. Just before the scene fades to black, though, there's a moment, just a single moment, where it looks like not all is ash. And we fade to black as all of you are pulled through the transportation system to a destination unknown. And with gonna... the goat? Not with the goat. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the end of Chapter 1 of Splinters of a Broken Sun, an actual play podcast. We are using Fate Accelerated Edition, a game by Clark Valentine, Leonard Balsera, Fred Hicks, Mike Olson, and Amanda Valentine, based upon Fate by Rob Donahue and Fred Hicks. 
We hope you'll subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoy what you hear, as that's the best way to get the word out, other than, of course, telling your friends. We'd like to extend a heartfelt thanks to Cyrulius, who left us our first review on iTunes. For five stars, hooked after three episodes. The first couple of episodes had their moments, but Prologue Part 3 is where it really took off. I'm hooked now, excited to see what happens next. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed what's happened next, and will continue to do so throughout the series. Kevajarma is played by Keekers. You can find her on Twitter at BeaSpaceCat. Emran Pack is played by Michael Blood. You can find him on Twitter at GoodSirBlood. Deg Danchobaset is played by Whiskey Whiskers. Maeve Sentis is played by OG Brown Sugar. Zonin Chan is played by Jason. I'm your Master of Ceremonies, Matt. You can find me on Twitter at YCaliber. Follow our show at Broken Sun RPG and read up on the lore of the land at splintersofabrokensun.tumblr.com. Until the next time, all the best.